0: Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale Of yon McCool Cool Cullen Deirdre all the sorrows grawn your wail From giants right down to fairies of the droopin' and solitary And those who are sometimes scary Anything goes by the fireside yeah. Fireside, the book of fireside, the Merrill fireside. Kings and queens, fact and heroes, don't you run from the fun, there's no need to hide. Sit by the fireside. Mm. Fireside. Hello, and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside, we take a story from folklore or mythology, retell it, have a chat about the tale itself, and about the craft, culture, and history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olihan. I am your host and your Fireside Bard. Welcome to episode 103 of Fireside. Today on the Irish Storytelling Podcast we are going to be taking a look at a few festive tales, including the tales of two particularly fascinating birds. This is the story, or the stories, of the robin and the wren. But first of all I want to give a very big welcome to any new and any returning listeners. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for your new, recent, or continued continued support. Please do follow me over on Instagram at Fireside Bard to check out what I'm doing. And if it's you want to just say hello and get in touch, it's the best place to get in touch with me. Please do uh, email me at thefiresidebard@gmail.com at gmail.com if you're not on social media. And Finally, if you are in a position to, please do support the Patreon over on patreon.com forward slash Fireside Podcast. Join our ever-growing community of loyal benefactors helping to further Irish storytelling and take us into 2021 to continue to grow the podcast. Every cent invested in the Patreon goes back into the podcast and furthering the business of Fireside and furthering Irish storytelling. So every cent does make a difference to that if you are so in a position and want to donate. No new donations for this week, so I want to give another thank you to this month's latest two patrons, which is John McDermott and Keanu Mahoney. They have joined the ranks of the uh, the Fireside patrons and grateful immensely I am for every one of you especially during this year, especially during this time of this year. Thank you to each and every one. But the Patreon is there only if you want or if you are in a position to. If you're not or don't want to, it's totally there as an egalitarian model. I'm not going to stop my output of writing, releasing this podcast each and every week, but it is there if you so want. The story, or should I say stories for this week, this... This essentially is the Fireside Christmas special, um, which has taken a, a different form again to the uh, ha- Halloween specials I've done over the past couple of years, where I dipped into songs and stories and verse that wasn't as much my original material, just to ex- broaden the horizons of the podcast ca- podcasts somewhat. But the this episode came about in an indirect route. I can't give a huge amount of information, but basically, I was hired for a gig on Christmas Day. I cannot say where. I, To be honest, I don't naturally know if the gig is still happening. It's looking like it probably will, but of course, with ever-changing guidelines and social distancing and, and whatnot, uh, I won't know until I'm actually there. It's a very strange thing. I've never done a gig on Christmas Day before, nor have I particularly sought it out. But this is the nature of the entertainment industry, is you occasionally have to work on on days where you would ideally not like to. And it's not a good time and everything, and my family was quite understanding. I'm one of those people who likes to do very little on Christmas. My family actually uh, has... My dad doesn't drink, but uh, otherwise big, quite big boozers in my family. and uh, And yet we don't really drink on Christmas Day. It always really baffled me. We think it came about because our dad never drank So it was a day we kind of had some solidarity We would drink a bit But like it certainly wouldn't be a day you'd be getting pissed Nor would Christmas Eve um, Which seems to be a rare thing I, I was always surprised then growing up or becoming an adult That there are people who, you know, do not remember Christmas Day So what do you do on Christmas Day? Is Christmas Day a day you like to get very drunk? Or is it a day you stay relatively sober and wholesome Like us here at the Olahan household? That's by the by, and you can answer that yourself, but basically this gig on Christmas Day required me to develop a sort of Fireside Live Christmas show, which I'd always wanted to do and wanted to have an excuse to. Surprisingly difficult, surprisingly more difficult to find festive Fireside Tales than, say, Halloween tales because obviously as we know Halloween is a pagan festival it ties in very nicely with Irish folklore and Irish mythology but Christmas is you guessed it it's a Christian holiday you know and it would be quite different if I just started telling fireside tales about Jesus and Santa and the like but just because Christmas is inherently Christian doesn't mean that there aren't some pagan under and overtones to be mined from it and some beautiful little nuggets of Irish folklore and folklore from further afield that I was able to find in a few different sources. And I've got this nice piece together now that's a bit of a, a bit of a mix of a couple of different things. There's some, there's some song, there's some story, a couple of different stories. And I'm quite happy with the condition it's in and look forward to sharing it with you ever so momentarily. We will chat more after it, but this is The Robin and the Wren, the Fireside Christmas Special. (laughs) The Robin and the Wren Frosty weather, snowy weather, when the wind blows we all go together. Frosty weather, snowy weather, when the wind blows we all go together. There was a man of double deed who sowed his garden full of seed. When the seed began to grow, twas like a garden full of snow. When the snow began to fall, like birds, it was a Upon the wall. When the birds began to fly, 'twas like a shipwreck in the sky. And when the sky began to crack, 'twas like a stick upon my back. And when my back began to smart, 'twas like a penknife in my heart. And when my heart began to bleed, then I was dead and dead indeed. When we think of frosty weather, snowy weather, thoughts of Christmas are never far behind. Our minds explode with images of festive light, of red and green, the cold of outside, the warmth of a fireside, family, food, drink, and maybe a few presents. At Christmas, there's also the constant presence of a bird. One many of us may not think of at any other time of the year. But at Christmas, this bird is on cards, jumpers, and even in our front and back gardens. You can't move for seeing them. And I'm not talking about a turkey. I'm talking about the robin. Have you ever wondered just why we associate the robin with Christmas? Maybe it goes without saying... They're bright, red and cheerful. They lend themselves beautifully to a snowy backdrop on a Christmas card. But there are many stories about the kind and resilient robin redbreast that tell us exactly why he became the bird of Christmas. First of all, how did the robin get his red breast? Well, one story says that it was winter, when a young boy was camping in the woods. The boy fell asleep by the warmth of the fireside, and without more wood for fuel, the fire began to die. A wolf was nearby, and was waiting for the fire to go out so that he could come and eat the boy. But luckily for the sleeping youth, a little robin was watching. The little bird flew to the dying ember of the fireside and began to fan the flame. The fire grew and grew and the robin remained there all night until morning came and the boy awoke. The robin fanned the flame so long the fire burned his chest and forevermore gave him the name Robin Redbreast. There is another story which says that the robin got his red breast by pulling the bloody thorns out of the crucified head of Jesus, but we'll stay clear of that. The robin has never stopped helping us since. It's said that if you ever see a robin singing in a tree, it's a sign of good weather. If you find them hiding in a bush, a storm is on the way. If it's autumn and a robin flies right up to your house, then let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. But when the winter does come, the robin doesn't fly south. He stays and sings loudly and cheerfully into the coldest of months, brightening up the dark days and cold nights with his beautiful song. But if you ever meet a robin, and he offers you advice, be sure to listen. Because there was once a man with three sons. They were each sent to the well for water. The first son arrived at the well and stopped to eat some cake a robin landed on the well and asked the son, Would you mind sparing a few crumbs? No way, said the son. Shoo, little bird. Later, the boy ran into a witch in the woods who ate him up like he had selfishly devoured that cake. The second son also stopped at the well and also refused to share his food with the robin and was also eaten by the witch. But the third and youngest son was of a kinder and more generous disposition. He stopped at the well with a mince pie. The robin landed and asked, Could you spare a few crumbs? Of course, said the youngest son, breaking off a corner of the pie. The robin then warned the son about the witch in the woods told him how to defeat her, and even how to save his selfish brother's lives, all for a few crumbs. The robin asks very little, but gives so much. But here in Ireland, there is another bird we associate with Christmas, a bird you may or may not know as well as the robin. And that bird is the wren, a tiny creature, even smaller than the robin, was nonetheless known as the king of all birds. Would you know a wren if you saw one? They're small and brown. You'd almost certainly hear the wren first, because the wren is one of the smallest yet loudest birds in Ireland. Its small size and loud call gave the wren its Irish name, Drolan, Druid Bird. For the ancient Irish Druids believed that the Wren could tell the future. If you heard the Wren call from the north, it meant someone you loved was on the way. But if you heard the call from the south, then someone wicked was coming to annoy you. But for hundreds of years in Ireland, there was a terrible tradition. At Christmas time, young boys and youths would dress in masks and ribbons. They would ask their mothers to wear their dresses. And in these gangs, in these gangs of Wren Boys, as they were called, they would travel and search through the hedges and bushes, looking to capture and kill a poor little Wren. And on the day after Christmas, on St. Stephen's Day, where everyone is usually too full of food and presents to move, the wren boys would go door to door collecting money for the funeral of the little bird. And if you didn't give them money, then they would bury the wren in your garden. But why kill the wren? And why on St. Stephen's Day? Well, it was often thought that the wren was responsible for the capture of St. Stephen, resulting in the martyred saint being stoned to death by the Romans. There's even a story of the great Fionn McCool, who was said to be hiding in a bush from some enemy men, and a wren came along and bit him on the neck. Fionn let out a yelp and was captured, and was supposed to wear the mark of the wren for the rest of his life. But the true story of why the wren was hunted in Ireland, I think, is the story of how the wren became the king of all birds. The wren is about the same size as a mouse, and the mouse and the wren never got on. One day the mouse and the wren were arguing. The mouse had licked his paws and dipped them in porridge. The wren told the mouse he was dirty. This fight escalated until it was all of the birds of the sky versus all the animals of the ground. The fox, as the sly, cunning character, decided he would be made the judge. He would raise his big bushy tail to the sky if the animals were winning and would drop it to the ground if the birds took the lead. The animals and birds began to fight and it looked like the animals were going to win. But at that moment... A little bumblebee, who had up to that point been neutral, decided to side with the birds. Hence, the bees and the birds. The bumblebee went to sting the fox. The fox tried to swat it away. The fox's tail swept low, and the birds were led to believe that they were winning. The birds defeated the four-legged beasts and became lords of the land and sky, whereas the animals could only remain. On land. So the birds were lords. But who would be their king? The raven? The eagle, surely. Everyone wanted it, and no one was willing to back down. All the birds in Ireland gathered for a council. This council was to decide who would be the king of all birds. They decided the best way would be to have a race. Whoever could fly the highest would be the winner. All the birds took off and one by one dropped off, the pigeon, the raven, the hawk, until only the great eagle remained. But as the eagle reached its tallest height, he felt something rustling in his tail feathers. It was the wren. The trickster bird had piggybacked on the eagle for the entire race, and now that the great bird was tired and had flown as high as he could, the little wren launched from the eagle's back, flying just that little bit higher, and was declared the king of all birds. As revenge, the eagle bit the wren on its tail feathers, meaning that forevermore it could only hop from bush to bush. The other birds didn't like this. They felt that the wren had cheated. So they set another challenge. Which bird could fly deepest into the earth? The wren's tiny size ensured it could easily slip into a mouse hole and dove deep into the ground. Once there, the wren once more was declared the king of all birds. So the other birds tried to block the wren's escape. He couldn't be king as long as he was trapped underground, so the birds asked the owl to stand guard. However, owls are good guards at night, but once the day comes, they fall asleep. Once the owl nodded off, the wren escaped and was king forevermore. The other birds cursed the owl, and from that point on, she could only hunt on her own at night. As for the robin, there was one Christmas where he wanted to sing to the king of the land. When at last he found the king, he made such a beautiful song that the king turned to his wife and said, We must give the robin a gift. The king and queen gave the robin, as a gift, a wife. The wren. Yes, just because the wren was the king of all birds doesn't mean that she's not a girl. Her name was, and is, Jenny Wren. The Robin and the Wren were married, and Robin Redbreast and Jenny Wren can still be seen together in the cold of winter, in the frost of your garden. They are the light and the dark, the good-natured and the mischievous. They are Christmas. These days we don't hunt the wren anymore. There are no more wren boys except in Kerry. But we still pay homage to them and to the bird they hunted in the wren song. The wren, the wren, the king of all birds, since even's day, was caught in the furs. Though he is little, as honour is great, jump up, me lads, and give us a threat. I was going to play handball, and met the wren up on the wall. Up with me hobble, and knocked him down, and brought him into Wicklow Town. Roll and roll, and where is your nest? Is in the place that I love best. Up in the tree, the holly tree, where all the boys to follow me. Up with the kittle and down with the pan, and give us a penny to bury the run. Follow the wren three miles or more, three miles or more, three miles or more. Follow the wren three miles or more till six o'clock in the morning. Have a little box under me arm, on the me arm, on the me arm, have a little box under me arm, a tuppence or penny will do it no harm. Mrs. Clancy's a very good woman, a very good woman, a very good woman. Mrs. Clancy's a very good woman. She'll give us a penny to bury the ran. Penny to bury the ran, please, Mrs. Clancy. The End. Folks, as you all know, Fireside is a proud son of the Headstuff Podcast Network, which is Ireland's largest network of independent podcasts and a loving home for the creative and indeed the curious. There are so many other podcasts I could recommend to you on the network, some of which inspired me to approach Headstuff myself. Here's a taste of one you might enjoy.
1: Hello, Joe Rooney here. Back in 2015, I recorded my first Potter Rooney, and since then I've been chatting to people that I meet throughout my travels, here and there, all over the world, including Sean Locke, Mary Coughlin, Frank Kelly, Joanne McAnally, Owen Colgan, Shazia Merza, Aidan Gillen, and Cocha Reardon, but loads of people you'd never heard of who have very interesting tales to tell including the, sadly, no longer with us Boston-based comedian Barry Crimmins, who led a crusade against images of child abuse on the internet, Tracy Carroll, whose daughter Willow has the highest grade of cerebral palsy, Drogheda Homeless Aid, Christine Volset, a Norwegian singer-documentary maker who ended up hanging out with the young lads in Nursery City, Dublin and riding bareback on a horse through the city streets. All these very interesting tales to tell, and all you have to do is skip the first six minutes of me talking rubbish. That's
0: And that was the several stories and songs of the Robin and the Wren on Fireside. And I hope you all enjoyed them. But before we talk about these stories, I just wanted to say, I'm delighted to say that this episode of Fireside has been sponsored by 180 Degrees. Now 180 Degrees is a brand new podcast sharing the stories of people across Ireland working towards a cleaner energy future. They're going to clear up fact from fiction on sustainable transport, on carbon emissions, and even how, to, how energy research is informing government policy decisions. Now, there are a few episodes out already, but tomorrow, as in the day after this episode of Fireside comes out, there's a brand new episode on switching to an electric vehicle, answering questions like what it's like to own one, and does it really save you money? As someone who literally only just passed their driving test last week, and did pass it, thank you very much, this is an episode I will certainly be tuning into, as these are questions in my head at the moment. You know, Fireside is supported by very generous patrons on Patreon, and while it is ever growing, it is still naturally nowhere near a livable wage yet. So getting sponsored by the occasional ep- for the occasional episode really does make a difference financially, but to be sponsored by something that actually could make a difference and have a social impact is fantastic, and it is my genuine pleasure to use my platform to plug and to help this podcast off the ground so that's 180 degrees 180 degrees is brought to you by the sustainable energy authority of ireland which is supported by the government of ireland and thank you so much again to 180 degrees for sponsoring this and two future episodes of fireside uh, which will come later on but plugs and sponsorship aside Let's talk about a few birds. Yeah, let's talk about these songs, first of all. Uh, we, opened, we opened with a song called Frosty Weather, Snowy Weather. At least, that's the only name I know for it. Which is a children's nursery rhyme that I discovered from the Clancy Brothers. The Clancy Brothers' iconic show in Carnegie Hall, which they did in 1963 in person in Carnegie Hall. Which is my favourite live album of all time. is. I learned so much. The Clancy Brothers and Tommy Makem were the greatest storytellers ever in in music anyway and their their influence on folk and american and irish folk like cannot be overstated. Bob Dylan frequently has always talked about the massive influence that the Clancy Brothers and Tommy Makem had on him and they really were at their peak in this This concert they did at Carnegie Hall, they did a couple of ones, but the one that they recorded was this in-person live at Carnegie Hall, and the extended version of the album that you can get, which is available on Spotify, which is why I listen to it on, has in between all the songs just these... These dialogues between them and these stories they tell about the songs. And they are so just a part of the fabric of the concert. And story leads to song and song leads to story. And they recite poetry as well. And it is just one of the most spectacular pieces of live entertainment I've ever experienced, even audibly. And I frequently go back to it again and again. But one of the things that the concert was most famous for was this children's medley that they did, they opened the second half with it, where they just do this medley of all of these songs that they used to know when they were growing up in Carrick-on-Shore in County Tipperary and in Keedy Town for Tommy Makem in County Armagh, and this is one of the, this is the best song from it, this very short piece, this frosty weather, snowy weather, which they do a beautiful harmony to, and there's a gorgeous video on YouTube of the Clancy Brothers performing at the Newport Folk Festival, which is actually from the Liam Clancy documentary, The Yellow Batern, which, again, if you're interested in the Clancy Brothers, and in Liam particularly, as very much as their leader and frontman, and the most influential of them musically, uh, vocally certainly, you really should check out The Yellow Batern. And there is a little clip of them performing at the Newport Folk Festival with this piece. And I've always wanted to do it. I did a Clancy Brothers and Bob Dylan tribute show a couple of years ago to raise funds for Cassowary, which was the musical I wrote in 2018. And I didn't get to do this piece in it and I always wanted to. And it just, it seemed to set the the tone of winter better because all christmas songs really naturally are either to do with jesus or you know with santa or more contemporary songs and to my mind anyway there wasn't any one that opened in a kind of neutral way and i think frosty weather snowy weather came back into my head not just because of the frosty weather snowy weather but because of this this these beautiful lines about the birds, where when the snow begins to fall, like birds it was upon the wall, and when the birds began to fly, it was like a shipwreck in the sky. A shipwreck in the sky is one of my favourite images in any song ever. and So I thought it would be a lovely way to open this these various stories, which come, as I always like when they do, from various sources. But uh, right out the gate, I have to say... That I knew the Wren boy story. The Wren boy story was in Cassowary. Cassowary was a show about a folk musician with a fear of birds. And I talked about a huge amount of bird folklore in that show. And one of the stories I told was the story of the Wren. And how the Wren became the king of all birds. And this Wren song that I finished the piece with. Was another one of the Clancy's children medley. Another one of the songs from it, which I put a little bit, of, little bit of bower on to it there. So we have these two Clancy pieces bookending it. That's why you have at the end the Mrs. Clancy is a very good woman as a little tip to the hat. It's how they do it in the concert. I uh, I had changed it to Mrs. Claus is a very good woman, just, to, just for the kids. But uh, I changed it back to Mrs. Clancy to pay my dues to Paddy, Tom, Liam and Tommy. And... So the wren the wren was really where this episode came from and where this all started from because the wren I knew as this Christmas bird and the story about St Stephen's Day and this custom of the wren boys was so fascinating I thought and very famous in Ireland but maybe slightly forgotten about as well uh, or not known by a, a certain younger generation. So it seemed like a really good starting off point. And then... I started to find all these similarities and these comparisons between the wren and the robin. And of course, the robin is the Christmas bird for whatever reason, for these reasons, as we just found. I've always seen this image of robins everywhere. And then when I happened to find this story, which was a tale told by Robert Burns, the, the Scottish poet who wrote the Of Mice and Men poem, um, his sister used to tell the story about the about the Robin Redbreast and the Jenny Wren, which was this Scottish folk tale and so when suddenly this this union tale of bringing the Robin and the Wren together presented itself, it just tied it all together very nicely because I like doing these you know, vignettes of stories and these little tiny tales. Because when you tell tales in person or in the pub, you know, they're much shorter than episodes of Fireside. Hopefully, unless a story is particularly engrossing, if you're actually telling it to a person in person, you don't have them for as long. You've got to give it a a shorter version. And I like to always keep these episodes as tight as I can and try and say as much and as, as little as possible while still making them of a sufficient podcast length, you know, but I, def- I, n- I never like to do any filler. Sometimes I have to expand the stories, but, you know, like to use that expansion and not just be killing time, so to speak. But when you do these mixture of just little story snippets, storyettes, you still want to kind of tie it together so that it doesn't meander, and that final story and these two songs to bookend it, I really felt tying it all together and this now feels like this is the fireside christmas show and this this would be a great thing to perform live and hopefully will now on christmas day and possibly another couple of gigs leading up to christmas depending on how we're getting on regulations wise um is there anything else to do Yes, we have this connection with the Druids, the Drolan, this incredible name, Druid Bird, for for the Wren. And this, again, this beautiful diversion and this beautiful clash of the pagan and the Christian that is a part of what makes up Irish, ancient Irish culture. We have the Wren as this Druid Bird and this pagan bird and then the Robin became this kind of christian soul when i first wrote this story there's this is basically the polished version of what a live telling of this tale would be because a, a live telling if i'm doing a song or a poem you know that has to be word perfect but when i'm doing these these tales orally i like to keep them alive you know they they should be slightly different every time i feel you need to get the same beats and certainly there are going to be certain ways that are better to say things and I would learn them like a script. But you need to keep it a bit loose as well because sometimes in a one single telling, something can happen. And, you know, a thought can enter your head and you can articulate it in a better way. And you need to sometimes have confidence in that because I sometimes wouldn't have my confidence in my improvisation or my live abilities but so when I'm telling these, it's it can be looser, certainly is the, the opportune word. But for the most part, it's all the same elements that I'd be telling in a live version. The only thing is that I added for the recording, because the Fireside podcast is for everyone. You know, I love hearing about kids who listen to it. I know there are, I got a message from a teacher recently who played it for his class in a school. I love that. And when I first had the meeting and had stuff... You know, we talked about whether it would be for adults or kids I tend to be more interested in adults only because I think the kids know this stuff I think we know this stuff when we are kids and I hope that it is still kept in schools but I think as adults we forget about this and we feel like folklore mythology is only for kids and so I like to always have adults in mind because I think they're immensely neglected or that adults do neglect this side of ourselves as humans, this storytelling, this folklore, mythological side. So that is the only reason I would veer towards adults and try and not sanitize the stories in any way and keep the blood and the gore in there. But also, I don't think there's anything that isn't suitable for children necessarily. But when I was writing this as a live show, if this was going to be live to quite small kids, there was some details I maybe didn't want to explore as much. So I just... And incredibly, ironically, it was the Christian overtones that I ended up taking out and putting back in here, just the little Christian context, which is immensely ironic because that's the stuff that they would teach to the youngest children. So, for example, that yeah, there was the story of the Robin Redbreast uh, pulling the crown of thorns out of Jesus' crucified, bloodied head, and that's what stained his red breast, you know. That's far more graphic than, like, helping a little boy stay alive by fanning the flame and the beautiful kind of grim tale of it. It isn't a grim tale, but uh, actually, I think they did tell a version of it, which is interesting. But it does reek of them, doesn't it? But so I won't mention, if I was to tell this live in front of quite small kids, I maybe wouldn't mention... Uh, the bloodied head of Jesus or Saint Stephen being stoned to death, but it is interesting, isn't it, that that's the stuff we were. I certainly, as a little as a little Catholic schoolboy, that's all the stuff we learned in our L. I. V. O. books, is the more graphic side of the Bible and Christianity, but not so much the bloodier side of Cucullum and Phil McCool. So that was probably the thing to contend with, because that's what comes with Christmas, you know. Christmas is this Christian festival it's in its name you know it's christmas that's why they say we don't say happy holidays in ireland but we know that, that you, you do over in america to accommodate various different beliefs and cultures and I, I i really quite like that i know that's where the idea of xmas comes from to just strike the christ out of it all altogether. but so when you're trying to do festival christmas tales that's constantly going to be contended with. You have these two little birds flitting around Christian lore. And with that, I am very, very happy uh, to wrap things up. Uh, Very happy with that episode now. Uh, Happy with that discussion. Hope you enjoyed it too. It was an immensely pleasurable, quite, quite challenging episode to put together because I had to draw from various different sources and actually, yes, Jesus, lest I uh, go without commanding my other big source, which was uh, a writer, terrible for remembering what I've talked about in previous episodes. This is a problem when there are as many of them as they are now. But uh, a writer called Niall McQuittier, that's M A C C O I T I O R. I apologize if I've uh, mispronounced that. He wrote these three or four books, of which I've read two now, uh Ireland's Trees, Myths, Legends, and Folklore was the first one I got. There's also Ireland's Birds, Ireland's Animals, and Ireland's Wild Plants. Uh, I think he wrote them all. Yes, I think so. They're certainly all the same series. And it's just a brilliant other view of folklore mythology. Uh, I was just I was interested in the trees of Ireland because I'm quite bad with identifying trees. And I wanted to because I've spent a lot of the last few months walking around and I live in the countryside and I would be very interested in tree life and being able to identify a tree from its branches, from its roots, from its leaves and this book was a huge help for that but I also then had this entirely different window into folk customs and belief and myth and in his book Ireland's Birds I found huge amount, huge amount more detail on the Robin and the Wren. And all the other great great birds. Like my favourite the Raven. And the Blackbird. Uh, just great great stuff. That I'm sure I'll mine a huge amount more from. So that's uh, Ireland's Trees by Niall McQuitor. Thank you very much for him. Uh, hopefully if I read the others. Might, he might actually be another great lad. To get on to. So we'll have one more episode. Before uh, Christmas. Uh, it'll probably come out. Is 23rd or 24th, so I will say happy Christmas again next week as well. I have two ideas, I have two plans for next week, so I won't actually say for sure what next episode is going to be. Could be a myth, could be another Christmassy tale, as obviously I can't do another, a Christmas tale the week after that. But we shall see. Live in fear. Thank you so much to Alan and Patty and everyone at Heads and Connor, everyone at Head Stuff. Um, it is. I'm still recording from my mobile studio at home. Looking forward to getting back in the Headstuff studios and to start talking about the brand new plans for Headstuff, for the next phase of Headstuff. Thank you so much, all of you, for listening. Follow me on Instagram at FiresideBard. Email thefiresidebard at gmail.com. Support the Patreon, if you can, over on patreon.com forward slash fireside podcast. I'll see you all. You'll hear me all next time. And remember, wherever you are and wherever you go, you can always join me by the fireside. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.